Hello everyone, this is Amanda. And this is Laura. And this is Two Witches and Spooky Spirits. I'm Amanda. And I'm Laura. And this is Two Witches and Spooky Spirits. Okay guys, so today we have an interesting story that I came upon. Um, We're going to be talking about memory uh memory transplants like like transfers and um people that have gotten organ transplants so pretty much like cases of people that have like passed away or died and somebody else has gotten their organs and it's like there have been cases where people have their personalities have like altered drastically or um, they've got memories that aren't necessarily theirs. You guys are going to be hearing a cat raising cane in the background because he's not allowed into the living room right now. I'm about to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's mad. He's angry. Poke him with a stick. He's angry. Poke him with a stick. <laughs> She's wrangled the wild cat. She's wrangled the pussy. (laughs) And now he's outside. Okay, so maybe we won't have any more cat interruptions. Um, So the first story I want to read you guys is actually about um, two little girls. It's kind of crazy. It's a true story about an eight-year-old girl who needed a heart transplant solving the murder of her 10-year-old donor. Um, there have been perplexing reports of organ transplant receivers claiming that they seem to have inherited the memory, experiences, and emotions of their deceased donors and which are causing quirky changes in their personality. An eight-year-old girl who received the heart of a murdered 10-year-old girl began having reoccurring vivid nightmares about the murder. It got so bad to the point to where she was having them almost nightly and she was complaining to her mom about him and so her mom took her to see um a psychiatrist who after several sessions concluded that she was actually witnessing physical incidents so after her mom heard that she decided to call the police who used the detailed descriptions of the murder at the time the weapon the place the clothes he even wore even down to the point to what he had said to the little girl before she had died Like, she was able to tell them all of this. And they were actually able to find him. And as soon as, like, they brought him in for interrogation, he cracked. And he matched her story all the way down to the T. Like, even what he had said to the little girl when he killed her. I can't believe that that is this fascinating that people get other people's organs and, the, and they can have their memories, like, that's and their nuts. their feelings and everything. Yeah. Imagine having that in you, though. Like, having that reoccurring nightmare being so little and just, like, that seeing so that. I don't even know how. I, I feel like you would develop a, a, a symptom of PTSD from that, honestly. Probably. Like, that's terrifying. They definitely would mess with your psychiatric shit, like. 
And imagine, like, them bringing him in there and being like, yeah, actually, another little girl told us, like, down to the T what happened. Like, being like, what the fuck? Yeah, how the hell did y'all know about that? Like, I'm pretty sure I killed her, you know? And booyah, bitch. That's crazy. Little girl said it done caught your ass. (laughs) That's like those stories on Unsolved Mysteries and stuff that we used to watch, though, where that one woman, like, that person died. Wasn't it a little girl or something? Oh, it's the one that I was telling you about. The little girl that lived in the apartment, mm. and the mom and her kept having reoccurring things happen where they saw the lady that died in the apartment, mm-hmm. and uh, the little girl kept talking to her, and then she f- come to find out that she told the mom and the daughter exactly where who she murdered was. her and everything to a T, and they took them to, or they led the police to where they buried the girl that's crazy through the mom i was talking about the one where it was like that couple and that you remember they ran off the road and they're they were down that hill that mountain and that one lady like kept having dreams about them oh yeah and then they went back to get and there was somebody there and hanging the, upside down with their seatbelt. yeah and the tree like the car was completely covered by trees and everything yeah i, I don't it's weird how that works. We should do an episode on that. That should be a future episode. Like, a uh, ghost from the grave, like, helping solve their murders oh, or yeah, something. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, we we'll to do one. that one. Um, other instances, I have a few more stories. I think I have, like, two more of the organ transplant stuff. Um, on May 29th, 1989, an American woman named Claire Sylvia received a heart transplant at a hospital in Yale, Connecticut. She was told that her donor was an 18-year-old male from Maine, USA, who had just died in a motorcycle accident. Soon after the operation, Sylvia declared that she felt weird. She had been craving beer. Something had particularly been she she hadn't particularly been fond of. Later, she observed an unco- uncontrollable urge to eat to eat chicken nuggets and found herself drawn to visiting the popular chicken restaurant chain kfc she also began craving green peppers which she hadn't particularly liked before sylvia also began having reoccurring dreams about a mystery man named tim l whom she felt was the organ donor on a cue from someone she searched from obituaries and newspapers published from maine and was able to identify the young man whose heart she had received so if you guys don't know most of the time a good 90 percent of the time the organ transplants like they're kept kind of like confidential and sealed so that way they can't like track them down i mean there are the cases where the family knows where it's going and then then sometime make contact and everything but yeah um uh she was able to figure out that his name had indeed been tim after visiting tim's family she discovered that he used to love chicken nuggets green peppers and beer these experiences are documented in the book a change of heart um among some of the strangest cases that paul Purcell encountered was that of two men who shared the same heart jim whose original name was withheld um was dying of bad lungs received a heart and a lung transplant from a young woman who had just died Since Jim's old heart was still robust, it was transplanted into another man named Fred. After the domino transplant, Fred, who was formerly laid back, began exhibiting the type A aggressive behavior of Jim. 
During intimate moments, Fred would call his wife Sandy, much to the much to the consternation of his wife Karen. Jim's wife name Jim's wife's name was Sandra. On the other hand, Jim became morose and sullen after the transplant and died a few years later. It was discovered that Jim's donor had been a shy, soft-spoken young woman who had worked part-time in a flower shop and had committed suicide in despair over a lost lover. That sounds like some shit that you would do if somebody had your organs. I want chicken nuggets. (laughs) I'm craving chicken fingers and some chocolate cake really bad right now. In the beer thing, that's funny too. That is hilarious to me. Like, I did, but that's like my dad when he had that blood um, transfusion. He used to only like black coffee, and then as soon as he had all that blood in the transfusion, he liked creamer and sugar in his coffee. And we were like, "What the hell?" And then we talked to the doctor about it, and the doctor says a lot of the times when you have blood transfers also mm-hmm. it does the same thing that's weird it's like it's crazy that there's still so many things that they don't really have an explanation for you yeah. know like the fact that you can just get somebody's memories or like even down to like their personality traits like the stuff that they like to eat did I do brain transplants is that stupid <laughs> that's a question I think, I think they do yeah say if they did that then you definitely probably oh yeah you would definitely be fucked up I feel like yeah I don't don't know if I could do that or not but I think most of the cases have been like like heart transplants or something like with people that have the memories yeah um sometimes like more vital organs like the lungs and stuff too yeah there's another one on reddit it it's um about a girl and her brother that tragically passed away on December 3rd. Today we got a list of all the people who he ha- who he was able to save by donating his organs. Only 1% of people who die get to donate organs. My brother was my best friend and now not only mine but a hero to all these people. RIP Dan. But it looks like um Daniel's heart was transplanted into a 32-year-old male. His liver was transplanted into a 50-year-old female from New Jersey. Um, She is married with one child. She was placed on a transplant waiting list in February 2007. The liver had immediate function and she experienced to have a full recovery, which that's cool, that's like a liver. Also, the liver segment was transplanted into one one-year-old boy. That is so sad. And then his pancreas, his left, his pancreas and left kidney, was transplanted into a 36-year-old male. He was placed on a transplant waiting list in November of 2018. The organs had an immediate function for him, also, except the he had a full recovery. Not what that says. He was really expected to have a full, full recovery. recovery. Sorry, y'all, I couldn't see. And then Daniel's right kidney was transplanted into a six-year-old boy. Oh, so sad. I mean, it's sad, but it's a good thing. But if that's a like the confidential thing, 
They can do that, right? They can, yeah, I think. They have the choice to do it or not to do it, which I think I would do it. I would, I would want to know where my, I would want my family to know where my yeah. organs and shit were going. Mm-hmm. That's like, though, they sell all that. Some people in other countries say that they sell them on the black market and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that scares me. But The thing that scared me is I read something about, like, if you have organ donor on your thing and you got into, like, a mm-hmm. massive, like, wreck or something or something where you need to be resuscitated, they sometimes they won't do it because of the... The potential for having your organs. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's true, though. You really think that's true? I mean, shit, our government's pretty crooked. It could, could be. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past them. And I would not put it past them at all. Oh, and then there's another one. An 11-year-old boy saved the lives of two people in the same day. He saw a friend choking at school and performed the Heimlich maneuver. This had nothing to do with donor is it no sorry y'all I was reading something else but <laughs> I guess I was reading uh like heroic stories I don't see if there's any more in here on that or not but that's definitely what does that say in. right here go back up this post is why I've told everyone I know and have it on my ID that I am an organ donor oh if my death can save at least one yeah. person or improve their quality of life by taking what is needed, I'm happy. That's I won't sad. need it anymore. That's what me and you were just talking about. Yeah, that's day. crazy. Like, I, I think... Yeah, I, it'd be, it's smarter. I mean, I'm. Just, it's just gonna... They don't keep your... You know when they do an autopsy, though, they take all your organs out. Yeah. So, what? why not donate them to somebody? Right. Like, you're not gonna ever need them again, so why not give them to somebody else? I, I mean, that's my thing on it, but... There's some other ones in here. Is, uh, in Texas, the Texas Organ Sharing Alliance sends the staff involved a similar letter. So they send out letters is what it's saying. Oh, okay. And a little embroidered green ribbon. Oh, somewhere oh. I have mine. So they have like, uh, they send ribbons in some states, I guess, to show appreciation. And then... Let's see what else they got in there. It says the heart ultimately stores memories through com- combinatorial coding by nerve cells, which allows the sensory system to recognize smells according to the cellular memory th- theory. So that's what they're saying is that a lot of this has to do with a theory called the cell- cellular memory theory. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this sounds like something I would say too. It's like when I die, I hope my organs can be used to give a life. But even if they can, even if they can only take the little things, you know, like I guess that's the little things in life, I die happy knowing that someone like you will have a better life. She's talking about the person that gave all the organs on the. Uh, I want to know if you can do the brain. Let me Google that real quick. Let me see. If you can have... I know that sounds stupid, you guys, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Can... You may not be able to. You may only be able to do, like, the tissue. 
Anyone? Oh, go ahead. Uh, I found another one, but you can keep Yeah, you go ahead real quick. Um, There's another story about um, this woman called Jamie Sherman. She had underwent several heart surgeries by the time she had had a heart transplant at the age of 24. She had suffered from a heart defect since birth. When she awoke following the successful procedure, she felt a deep sense of anger so much so that she wanted to fight although she didn't know why she also began to have cravings for mexican food especially cheese enchiladas <laughs> which she hadn't had craved slam. before six months following the transplant jamie met the family of her donor a 29 year old man named scott phillips she quickly mentioned her cravings and liking for mexican food she wasn't too surprised to hear that scott's favorite food was mexican and he particularly liked cheese enchiladas when Jamie found out that Scott had died in a fart at a, a fart, a fart <laughs> in a oh fight, God, sorry. <laughs> sorry, my dyslexia a, kicked in. Good Lord, James! You gave me a fart transplant, farted right in the mama. I'm so sorry if this family's yeah. listening. Oh my <laughs> so God. Sorry. Oh. Yeah, we're not. We are not disrespecting <laughs> any organ donors. I'm sorry, y'all. We just had a heart transplant. I don't know why. I guess since the A was right there, where it said A fight, my my brain was just like a, a fart. fart. I don't know. Good Lord, Jane. This so good. A fight at a sports bar after being hit in the head. And suffering major brain trump. Oh, that's God. not funny. No, that's not funny. <laughs> that's I'm not, not funny. laughing at that, y'all. Oh God. Okay. We're going to hell. No. No. Uh, she felt that she now understood where her sudden feelings of anger came from. She theorized that he felt anger and rage in the seconds before he was hit and consequently died. And these feelings were locked in his heart when it was transplanted to her. Oh. Well, it says right here, yeah, you can't do the brain. Kidneys, liver, lungs, heart, pancreas, intestines, hands, and face. Ooh. That's seven organs that can be donated. Um, there's another story I've got on here. In 2008, Sonny Graham, age 69, took his own life by shooting himself in the throat. He'd received oh, a heart transplant in 1995. Aside from being tragic, his death was strange since the person whose heart he'd been given, Tommy Cottle, killed himself in exactly the same way. Oh my god. That's nuts. Um, perhaps even stranger was that Sonny had even married Coddle's wife, Cheryl, in 2004. Oh, my God. What the fuck? But was that... After they had dated for several years. What in the world? That's nuts. That's kind of like a reincarnation of the same thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Sonny, who had never displayed such dark tendencies before, met Cheryl after getting in touch with her several years after the transplant. Wanting to express his sincere gratitude, the pair, who were almost 30 years apart in age, fell deeply in love soon after they agreed to meet. To most, they appeared happy with friends, describing Sonny as a good man and the sort of person who would gladly help someone he didn't even know. Sonny and Cheryl had even talked about their experiences at donor-recipient conventions and fundraiser. So did they know each other before? No, he, like it was talking about how he reached out to her. Oh, okay. I was about to say that would be freaking weird if they was like. It's still weird, like the fact that he killed himself in the same way. That's nuts. Well, I mean, I guess he could have found out from yeah, her. Yeah, what he did, but yeah. Oh. But still, it's just 
Yeah. Nuts. This is neat. It says, which organs work after death? The brain and nerve cells require a constant supply of oxygen and will die within a few minutes. Once you stop breathing, the next to go will be the heart, followed by the liver and then the kidneys and pancreas, which can last for about an hour. Skin, tendons, heart, valves, and corneas will still be alive after a day. Whoa! Ooh. So that's why they put them in like coolers and stuff yeah. like that? That makes sense. Uh, I've actually got a couple of a couple of these on yeah, here. Yeah, keep going. We'll just keep finding more. Okay, so this, this one is this one is about a girl named Amy Tippins. Um, not only did seventeen-year-old Amy Tippins develop a sudden craving and liking for hamburgers <laughs> following her successful liver transplant in nineteen ninety-three. But she also suddenly developed a deep sense of moral and civic duty and an appreciation for her community at large. That wasn't the strangest thing she noticed, however. She she seemed to have new abilities as well. She noticed that she would wander into hardware stores without realizing what she was doing. Also, she knew a whole range of complex do-it-yourself skills and was physically able to carry them out. Amy, Amy had suffered from acute liver disease, which led to her requiring a new liver. She managed to arrange a meeting with the donor's family and learned that he was a former U.S. Marshal named Mike James. His family stated that the hamburgers were one of his favorite foods, but perhaps more importantly to Amy, they said that he loved to work with his hands and had undertaken several building projects at home before his death. His family also told her that his life goal was always to help and protect other people. Amy believes that through the liver transplant, she has absorbed some of Mike's personality and sense of duty as well as some of his skills. So you can donate your brain, but you only donate it for science. Like when uh, they study your brain. Okay. Which is cool. Okay. That is a definitely an interesting topic, I think. That's definitely one that like piqued my interest when I heard about it. I was like, what? Yeah. Gonna do an episode on that. That's nuts. Yeah, because I mean, like, if you think about it, that's, I mean, I know we just do ghost, a lot of stuff with ghosts, but that does have a lot of stuff. That is, because it's like it's spirits coming, people. spirits coming to other people, and, you know, it's after like they part donate. of them gets to live on, which yeah. is crazy. And the rest of them, is, you know, just passes, but then some of them still there. But, yeah, that's. A fascinating subject, I think. But got any more? We got any more? Yeah. On um. Oh, there's one? there's one about a doctor. Dr. Michael Hagen believes that you can um, inherit traits of the donors. He was an ER physician who co- contracted hepatitis C at work. What? resulting in a liver transplant in 1999. Hey, it's my birthday. Uh-huh. And Dr. Hagen still disagrees with many of his colleagues. I believe it's real, he said. After healing from the surgery, Dr. Hagen noticed several odd food cravings, including avocados and barbecue. <laughs> he said he never ate avocados before the transplant, but he began eating one every day, and barbecue never really was in his diet before, but was one of the foods he really enjoyed afterwards. It just wasn't but it wasn't just food cravings that changed. 
As the ER, Dr. Hagen was trained to remain calm and collected, especially during stressful or traumatic situations. Emergency rooms are notoriously emotional places as patients, families, and friends cope with illness and death. After the transplant, Dr. Hagen became more emotional, even crying during nearly any movie he watched. A very drastic change to his personality. The identity of donors is kept confidential, but Dr. Hagen later discovered Shamika Jones, a 21-year-old mother who was murdered, was his donor. The doctor attended the young woman's trial, even met with her family in whom he formed a friendship. Dr. Hagen learned that Shamika loved avocados and barbecue and was also a very emotional person. Aww. That's sad. It's 11-11, guys. Um... There's another story right here. William Sheridan turned to drawing as a hobby to take his mind off waiting for a heart donor to become available. Truth be told, he wasn't very good. However, one of his first things he noticed following his surgery in 2006 was that all of a sudden, his talent for art had seemingly improved tenfold. After agreeing to meet the family of the man who had donated the heart originally as part of a campaign to raise awareness of the need for donors, he discovered that the man... 24-year-old Keith Neville had been a very enthusiastic artist and he was very good too. In addition to the art skills, William felt he'd genuinely become more caring and loving, which he attributed to Keith. His case is just one of the several that have been studied by professional Professor Gary Schwartz of the University of Arizona. According to him, more and more evidence is being found that strongly suggests that organs retain cellular memories and every organ in the body appears to do so. Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting, too. Here's another one. Bill Wool reduced to tears by a song he'd never heard in Arizona. Hardworking business ex- 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 executive. Blech. Bill Wool was not one of the not one for the outdoors sorry god he preferred he preferred to roam the concrete jungle of the city as opposed to adventuring into the wild wilderness that was the case until 2000 when he suffered a near fatal heart attack fortunately for bill he received a transplant which ultimately saved his life he Noticed nothing unusual at first until one day a song came on the radio that reduced him to tears for no reason he could think of. He hadn't heard the song before and had no idea who it was. He found out that the artist was British vocalist Sade. As his health improved following his transplant, he began to have the urge to be outdoors more and more. He engaged in increasingly challenging activities ranging from cycling to kayaking something he had no interest in before. Perhaps he was simply enjoying a new lease of appreciation for life in general. However, when he got the chance to meet his donor's family, Bill discovered that he was in fact a Hollywood stuntman named Michael Brady. Knowing this information, Bill asked Michael's family if he had a liking for the singer Sade. They said that Sade was one of Michael's favorite singers. Bill now Suspecting he had more of Michael in him than just his heart described the moment as really, really freaky. Oh, shit. That's like in those reincarnation ones we did. Mm-hmm. Like on the reincarnation and stuff. <laughs> this lady on here says, God damn it. Reddit, it's, it's, this, it's supposed to be all cute kittens and rainbows. <laughs> it's 
seriously thought, I am so very sorry for your loss, and I'm absolutely crying for your family. It was a lady talking about organ donor and then reading stories, but she's like, God damn it. <laughs> it's supposed to be all cute kittens and rainbows. That sounds like something you'd say. Mm-hmm. There's another story about the actor, the French actress Charlotte Valandry had already overcome the numerous hurdles that life had thrown at her by the time she required a heart transplant in 2003. In 1985, at only 17 years old and with a very promising career in front of her, she was informed that she was HIV positive. Four years later, in 1989, she finally confided in someone about her condition and suddenly her promising career was looking anything but. In a book she released about her life entitled Love and the Blood, she stated that she believed she had caught the fatal disease from a French rock star but didn't name him. In the same book, she also wrote about her heart transplant and the effects she believed it had on her in the following months. She stated that she began to have a reoccurring nightmare of being in a car crash in which oncoming headlights blinded her in the rain. She also stated that her taste had completely changed. She now had a liking for wine where she had never enjoyed it before. (coughs) On a trip to India, she felt an intense feeling of deja vu everywhere. She went and even recalled details on sites she hadn't been to before, although her doctors assured her that there were normal experiences for someone who had just undergone the procedure that she had. She insisted in her book that she believed these new feelings and memories were those of her donor. That would be scary, though. You'd be able to, like, feel them. Yeah, feel them dying. Oh God, no. Mm-mm. I don't know if I would want. That I don't think not. I'd want that on anybody. Definitely man. not. That so, would be crazy. I will definitely not hope that will happen when I donate mine because that would seriously. I think that would fuck somebody up. Oh yeah. Like mentally. Yeah. I wonder if you have mental illness like we do. If that would transfer into somebody else. I feel like if you did, if they did brain transplants, definitely. Yeah. I don't know, though. That one dude, he had to kill his, but it's like you said, it could have been he found out the way he killed himself and then was just depressed and then figured, oh, well, I'm going to do it the same way he did. Yeah. That is very interesting. Yeah, I think it's cool that people, like, develop the same cravings. Yeah, like the food cravings. Yeah. That just goes to tell you that... I don't know that people are so skeptical about stupid shit, but then you have all these facts of people experiencing all this stuff, and how you push that. But you know what I don't understand? People are so quick to believe, like, in religion, Uh you know, and stuff like that. But then you start bringing up ghosts and everything, and they're like... I don't believe in the stuff that I can't see. You are a liar. You go to church like every day. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, that's one thing I don't like. We don't get into religion on this podcast a lot because, you know, people. I I know that people listen to it, you know, and they're everybody like, okay, so I don't want everybody to think that, you know, like I'm like bashing anybody. Yeah, me either. We're the the same on this topic. Um. You know, people are allowed to believe in what they're Whatever allowed to they believe in, to. you know, and I'll have conversations with people about it because I do think it's interesting to hear mm-hmm. other people's points of view. Don't push it yeah. on other people. I don't like people that push that kind of stuff, you know, yeah. like I don't like it where it's like if I'm being understanding to you and I like 
and you know like I'm hearing you out and then the second I start talking you're like no wrong wrong yeah, I'm gonna be like it's just like I was showing Sam something yesterday and I swear every Christmas thing has to do with paganism they did take that shit. Every yeah. holiday is pagan. Yeah, I know. But what I'm saying is like... It's like the, that video where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And it's like pagans just out here celebrating like the yeah. burning of Yule logs and everything. And it's like Christians over there with a the cell phone. Uh-huh. It's like, hey, hey, what are you doing? It's <laughs> they run up. Oh, they placed a star on top of their Christmas tree. But oh, the star is satanic. Where the hell do you think it came from? It's not satanic. It is in some ways. But not in that. Yeah. Not in the pagan. But there is Satanism, but it's turned the opposite way. People, but people are quick to judge and be like, oh. But you know that's just like St. Patrick's Day? Mm-hmm. That's that's actually about St. Patrick. Like, his, his father was Roman, and he sent him over there to... It's, it says that he gets rid of the serpents, mm-hmm. but there's no snakes in that region at all. They're not native to that region. They were Serpents were what they called pagans back then. What? So they said, like, St. Patrick's Day is celebrating the massacre of pagans. What the hell? Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't know that. That's some fucked up shit. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys. It's- well, I mean... Well, go ahead. You had something else to say? No, it's just, just cutting clean, it off. It's just clean, cleaning out. Like, it's crazy uh-huh. that pagans, like, got wiped out so much like that throughout history. Mm-hmm. But it's weird because we literally left England to be able to practice our own religion. Mm-hmm. And then just ended up, it just ended up repeating itself. Yep. Pretty much like everything else. But that is... Very, I didn't know that one about St. Patrick's Day. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode on organ transplants. Sell and, your memory. And your, yeah, what was it called? Sorry. S- sell your, me- sell your memory. memory. Oh, okay. Alright. Bunch but, of tongue ties. I know, right? But we will definitely be doing an episode on that. What was you talking about on that other thing? About the ghost. Oh, the ghost helping from beyond the grave yeah. and everything. We'll have to do an episode on that. But I feel like that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. We love you guys. And you can check us out on any of our social media pages. Our Facebook page is Two Witches and Spooky Spirits. And our Instagram is Two Witches and Spooky Spirits. Bye!